This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Now, here's your host, Wes Bleed. Thanks, Stacy, and hello from WQA Radio, now available on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. This is podcast number 36. Coming up on WQA Radio. Remember, the floodwaters will pick up every contaminant in the world. I mean, you got them going over gas stations with oil and gasoline, probably is in mixing that, especially in the Houston area with refineries. You have sewage that, that is now mixed in with the water that is, that is uh, now compromising water treatment facilities. That's David Loveday, WQA's Government Affairs Director. David joins me to discuss the latest on Hurricane Harvey and its impact on drinking water in Texas. We'll also have an update from WQA Technical Affairs Director Eric Yegi with five things you need to know about water after a hurricane. Later, we'll have a regulatory update and we'll check in at the WQA News Desk. Coming up, my conversation with David Loveday. And our podcast this week is with David Loveday, our Government Affairs Director at WQA, in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey as we uh, kind of interrupt the flow of things and, and, and talk about something that is really just an unbelievable, historic, devastating hurricane in the aftermath that has happened. And you've had experience, uh, David, with uh, disaster relief over the years and some other positions that you have held. So first of all, welcome to the program. Thank and, you. and let's talk a little bit about what's been happening in Texas. And first of all, our thoughts and prayers are go out, obviously, to uh, the, the folks in Texas and as well to any of our members who are dealing with the disaster. It's just an unbelievable situation, and we want to make that clear right from the get-go. Well, I think the other thing we got to worry about, too, now, Wes, it's not just in Texas, but it's moving over to Louisiana. Uh, too now a little bit with some additional flooding. When you go through hurricanes, it's really not the wind damage that, that's the problem. It's always the, the floodwaters is where where a lot of people get trapped and and uh, and that's where the, the deaths come from. So for example, I mean you've heard people say that in Texas, for example, the water unprecedented water levels, 50 inches of rain. That's how much they get in a year in Texas and Houston. And so unprecedented. So people, they said, don't go in your attic. They've been going in their attics to, to get away from the levels. And the problem is if the levels even get higher, they get trapped in their attics. They see either bring an axe or or go to the roof. I mean, that's that's the levels we're talking about with the water down there. Right. And the levels of destruction. These We're not talking about water damage. We're talking about destruction. Homes, gone homes gone trail you know a lot of people in in houston area and louisiana are living in trailers gone between the winds and everything else so they've lost everything uh the damage that that's been done to infrastructure roads and bridges are being washed out but just think about the water infrastructure right now that's that's going that's happening down there we talk about it in some of our fact sheets that we put out but now the water treatment facilities have been compromised most likely with with the water the flood water's Remember, the floodwaters will pick up every contaminant in the world. I mean, you got them going over gas stations with oil and gasoline, probably is in mixing that, especially in the Houston area with refineries. You have sewage that, that is now mixed in with the water that is, that is uh, now compromising water treatment facilities. So obviously right now the first thing that the authorities are doing is search and rescue. But then after water, and it's going to take 
at least a couple of weeks for the water to to recede yeah. and, and when they can go in and really assess the damage. In another part of the podcast here, we'll hear from Eric Yegi, who is the WQA Technical Affairs Director, and he has some tips, five tips to know about water in the aftermath of a hurricane or any major flooding incident. So we will have that coming up here on WQA Radio. So, uh, David, in general, what kinds of things um, is WQA trying to do? Right we, now? we have uh, worked and we're working on our, with our Washington contacts to work with the congressional delegations, both in Texas and Louisiana, especially the t- two senators from both states and the congressional delegation that are in the areas that are affected. What we're doing is offering the tips that we're talking about, but off- offering assistance and somehow if they have technical questions or concerns. Uh, on what on on what what may or may we can do reaching out to both the federal at FEMA and we're working looking reaching out to the city of Houston and to the state of uh, Texas to see how we might be able to be a clearinghouse after the waters recedes I'm sure we're going to be hearing about needs that they need so we can be a clearinghouse possibly for for them to come to us and say uh, do your members provide this do you remember X Y and Z that can give us a list we can certainly get stuff out to our members to see. Uh, what they may be able to provide. Uh, uh, so there may be an opportunity down the road then for WQA members, not only in Texas, but frankly anywhere in the country, right. I to, mean, yes. to make some kind of a response. Exactly. And, and so right, we're going to do a conference call tomorrow with a couple of state associations uh, and on Thursday, and then also with the Texas group uh, to see, uh, mem- to get everyone organized and then to start to look at afterwards. Right now, it's, again, the most important thing right now is search and rescue. Some members are providing and some corporations are providing bottled water to the relocation centers and stuff, which is a big need. Uh, but this is going to be a problem for that area for the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, it, it, it sounds just, you know, an incredible time period, but, sh- but I've heard that now uh, more than once about how long this will take and how much money, too. Billions and billions of dollars. Already, there's about $3 billion in the FEMA budget, which I saw today. But they can't use all, I mean, a lot of that will go to Texas, but they've already made it clear that when they come back to to Congress uh, later this month, early next month, um, that when they look at the budget and everything else, this Hurricane Harvey is going to be a supplemental budget issue that they're going to have to look at and they'll uh, be able to assess it, but it's going to be billions of dollars of repairs. And I think it's important to point out, too, that this is not, since it is a, a prolonged period of, of recovery, uh, it, people who can't respond immediately, well, there might be opportunities later on to respond. You might be able to go in and help and whatever the needs might be. We, we won't know that for sure for a while. We, we want to let the emergency responders do their thing, but there might be opportunities to take some vacation time and pitch in and help. You just never know. Uh, after the initial aftermath is over. On WQA's website, on our website, wqa.org, if you go there at the top of the page, you'll see right now an opportunity to give to the Red Cross. So there's that opportunity. You can also see and hear uh, the uh, comments that we'll be playing shortly from Eric Yegi about the top five things to know about water. Uh, following a hurricane or any major flooding disaster. The, the Red Cross thing is very important because uh, dealing with disasters, which I've dealt with and some disasters in the past when I worked in the federal government, uh, 
the money is more important. I mean, a lot of people want to donate stuff right away, but the problem with donations is making sure it's good, logistics, getting it where it needs to go. That's all very hard. So the best way that people could help is to donate to a, a group like the Red Cross. All right. David, uh, we'll obviously be monitoring the situation. We'll continue to have updates for members as uh, time goes on. And anything else will be either on the website, wqa.org, or in uh, other podcasts here on WQA well, Radio. And I'm sure this will become an issue now at the mid-year uh, discussion that we'll have uh, next month. Right, and that uh, mid-year leadership conference coming up September 12th through the 14th in San Diego. Still time to register if you're listening to this before September 12th. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thanks, Russ. Eric Yegi, the Director of Technical Affairs for the Water Quality Association. I'd like to talk about some points that consumers should keep in mind. At the Water Quality Association, we would recommend that consumers rely on bottled water, first of all, until they are sure that their uh, tap water is safe. Electrical outages can impact your tap water, either by impacting the, the local municipal treatment plant, who's disinfecting the water, or by um, shutting down the chemical feed pumps, which might be disinfecting your well. The uh, consumer should look out for boil water notices from the municipal treatment plant. Um, flooding could also uh, cause contamination of either the water coming from your treatment plant or from your well. Flooding can flood the water treatment plant. It could also flood your home and, and contaminate the premise plumbing in your home. And if you have a well, it could obviously flood your well as in addition to that. If you do have existing water treatment equipment in your home, we would recommend that you contact a water treatment professional, have them come out, take a look at the equipment, make sure everything's still working okay, that it doesn't need maintenance or decontamination of any type. And if you don't have water treatment installed in your home, this would be a good time to consider that, to have water treatment installed as a final barrier and against contamination in cases like this. And you can go to the WQA website and find water treatment professionals as well as certified products which uh, can remove contaminants, including microbiologicals. And the WQA website is www.wqa.org. This is Kathleen Fultz, WQA's Regulatory and Government Affairs Coordinator, with your regulatory update. Last time I talked about the recently passed legislation on lead for the District of Columbia and the requirements it sets for D.C. public and public charter schools, as well as public recreation facilities. This bill also addresses child development facilities. It is requiring each child development facility to locate all drinking water sources and install and maintain certified filters for reducing lead at all drinking water sources in the child development facilities. Annual lead testing is required for all drinking water sources at the facilities, and if a test result shows a drinking water source's lead concentration exceeds five parts per billion, the drinking water source needs to be shut off within 24 hours of receiving the test results, and remediation steps need to be determined. Parents and guardians of children at the child development facility should be notified of the test results and remediation steps. 
the Department of Energy and Environment, as well as the Office of State of the State Superintendent of Education, must report annually on child development facilities compliance with this act. In addition, child development facilities must demonstrate compliance with the requirements of this act in order to obtain or renew an operating license. To read the full bill, or if you are curious about other state and federal legislation, visit WQA's website for the Government Affairs Monthly Bills List. I'm Kathleen Fultz for WQA Radio. With the WQA News Update, I'm Stacey Ost-Kutzbach. A new curriculum in WQA's modular education program is now available for point-of-use cooler technicians. This curriculum is a prerequisite for the new Certified Cooler Technician Certification. The CCT is designed to assist companies in this fast-growing segment of the water treatment industry. The professional certification exam for cooler technicians will be available by the end of the year, so service techs are encouraged to get started on the new MEP program now to be ready to take the exam as soon as it's available. Anyone with questions should contact WQA's Professional Certification and Training Department at education at wqa.org. I'm Stacey Oskosbach for WQA Radio. Now for our WQA tip, we'd love to hear your questions. If you'd like us to explore a topic or answer a specific question, contact me at wbleed at wqa.org. That's W-B-L-E-E-D at wqa.org. Be sure to check out the Career Center for the latest opportunities in the water treatment industry. That's the WQA Career Center on our homepage at wqa.org. Thanks for listening. We're now on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Subscribe so you'll never miss any of our shows. Follow us on social media. We're at wqa.org on Twitter, and we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Google+. That'll do it for this show. For Stacey S. Kutzbach, this is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. You've been listening to WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Learn more about WQA's Gold Seal product certification, professional education and certification, find certified products and water treatment providers, and find out how you can become a member, all at wqa.org. Thanks for listening.